And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy, our co-host on this edition of the program. And Bill, uh, we like to bring a biblical perspective on current events and what's going on right now, but there are some futuristic developments that seem to be in the works right now. What we thought was going to happen 100 years from now is happening 10 years from now. What we didn't think would ever happen is happening all the time around us. And as Christians, I think we have a responsibility to address these issues from a distinctively biblical perspective and to call the nations to repentance before Almighty God for the sorts of things that they're doing in this brave new world. And I speak of baby in a pod, Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility. This is uh, from firstpost.com. It's still in conceptual stage. It hasn't uh, been produced yet, but uh, it's uh, it's uh, a website has been developed for it. This is Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility. And uh, have you ever imagined a baby being produced in a factory-like environment? It brings back scenes from Kanu Reeves' Matrix, a video of rows of babies being grown inside a pod has got many talking about the future of pregnancy ectolife the world's first artificial womb facility still conceptual uh the concept is the brainchild of berlin-based hashim el ghali he is a science communicator molecular biologist by trade as per his website and he speaks of a groundbreaking scientific research now uh bringing all of this together researchers globally are talking this uh, it will be able to develop 30,000 babies a year in a lab and transparent growth pods. The facility, which would run on renewable energy, plans to house 75 labs, each equipped with up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs, reports UK's Metro Magazine. Parents can keep a track of their baby's growth and development through a screen on the pods that showcase real-time data, as per Metro. And this data can be monitored via an app on the phone. So the very much the modern age. This is up to date as to you know what uh, technologically is available for us now. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby over the nine-month period and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. And my guess at that point they could ad- abort the child at any time. By a push of the button. Because just, yeah, hitting the you're abort not a, button. You're not emo- emotionally attached to the child. The child's not growing in the mother's womb. And, you know, abortion is allowed in every developed nation in the world. Sure. Northern Ireland, New Zealand, the f- last nations to capitulate to the killing of babies in uh, the year 2020. And so, you know, this is the, the way has been paved for a mechanistic approach to the development of children and abortion any time in a nine-month period if an abnormality or just the parent just doesn't have any kind of an emotional attachment or no real interest or lost interest in having the child over the nine-month period. Ectolife provides you a safe, pain-free alternative that helps you deliver your baby without stress. The delivery process is smooth, convenient, and can be done with just a push of a button. That's a statement cited by Metro. After discharging the amniotic fluid from the artificial womb, you will be able to easily remove your baby from the growth pod. Every single feature mentioned in the concept is 100% science-based and has already been achieved by scientists and engineers, said Al Ghali. Uh, Artificial womb facilities could be a reality in 10 years or so if ethical restrictions 
are relaxed. So apparently there are still some ethical restrictions. I'm not sure how many are left. There can't be that many left. Uh, You can also buy the elite package, which would allow people to genetically engineer the embryo before implanting it into the artificial womb. That is, you could select the baby's level of intelligence, height, hair, eye color, physical strength, and skin tone. And that is thanks to CRISPR uh, Cas9 gene editing tool now available for gene editing, allowing you some form of edit over a range of uh, 300 genes. The Elite Package will also let parents fix any inherited genetic diseases. All right, so that's what's in the making. Bill? You know, it does does sound just like The Matrix, because if you've seen that film, it was a groundbreaking film when it came out. There have been two sequels to that, I believe. And The Matrix, that's how babies were, that's how people came to be. They were they were genetically um, engineered and formed and, and manufactured in a factory and just dropped into existence. And you remember The Island? The Island. Also was another movie in which I believe they were manufacturing humans. They were cloning I think it was people. through cloning, right, in yeah. order to provide for organ replacements and that sort of yeah, thing. If, if I had, if I had uh, enough wealth, I could order a clone of myself. And if I were in an accident, then I would have replacement parts ready for me. If I had a disease, I would have replacement parts ready for me. Let me ask you this. Given that we have jettisoned all Judeo-Christian biblical morals from our society today, what stands in the way of this happening? Not a thing. I can't think of anything. there's, There's nothing left. I mean, if you can, at the push of a button, deliver your baby, at the push of the button, you can abort the baby. At the push of a button, you can harvest the organs of a baby. Yeah, uh-huh. At the That's push it. of a button, mm-hmm. you can control the population in the world. At the push of a button, you can become your own God. So if God doesn't exist, anything is possible. Dostoevsky. Right. Yes. We're, we're, we're there. We're to what Dostoevsky presented. God doesn't exist. Anything is possible. That, my friends, is where we are today. Birth imploding nations can also now completely regulate their population base. They won't need parents anymore, so keep that in mind. Plato's Republic will be in reality. The, the children will be processed through birth pods on into daycare, preschool, kindergarten facilities already provided by the state. They'll be automatically getting their vaccines provided by the state, their school breakfasts, lunches, dinners provided by the state. Oh, wait, that's already happening. Oh, that's already there. Okay, be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today.
And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you as we talk about Extra Live. Bill, this wasn't a shock to you. I'm sort of taken back by the fact that you weren't taken back by this. I mean, you just took this in stride. You said this is, this is, yeah, what we'd expect. I would expect this to happen. And the first line of this article is what's important. Extra Life is a concept that offers parents to produce customized babies with the help of artificial wombs. Now, customized babies. You can produce the perfect. That's kind of scary. It, it is. <laughs> I can order just whatever I want from height to hair color to skin tone to physical strength. And then later on in the article, it talks about, well, this will be, this will help those who are infertile couples. This will help women who've had to have their uterus removed because of cancer. You know, there's always the, the, well, we're going to benefit society. And yet we are playing God. When men, men have forgotten their creator. It's not that men have forgotten God. They've forgotten their creator. And now we want to play creator. That's what's wrong with this, is that it is man assuming the position of his creator. The pieces are already in place. We're not just talking about the technical pieces. The ideological pieces are yes. already in place. Yeah. Uh, the, the atheism, playing God, already in place. The technocracies, already in place, in control of all of the medical decisions for every family in the country and every family in the world. Technocracies in place. The atheists playing God in place. The autonomy, the the antinomianism, the casting off of all biblical law. That's already in place. That's already in place in the churches. A derelationalized society already in place. Marxists and socialists have already set up a system of total government control and the obliteration of the nuclear family. That's been in place. That's been worked on since the 1840s, but it's been in place since the 1960s. Communism, socialism necessarily requires the obliteration of the family, and that's already happened. It was the heart of the Communist Manifesto, abolish home education, abolish the family, abolish the family economy. These were the central words of Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. So that's already happened. So we've, we're there. We're ready for this. The modern world has already produced artificially inseminated babies, transferred from a test tube into the surrogate womb, homosexuals have used surrogacy or wombs for hire for a long time. I know that's really sick. But I'm telling you that the director of the Department of uh, Transportation, the secretary, sits in the cabinet of the president of the United States. He's, he's hired wombs to produce children for himself and for the guy he, uh, uh, that he commits uh, sexual perversion with. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's got these kids uh, that apparently were produced by wombs for hire. And uh, don't forget, he's also a popular candidate for the president of the United States. So there are no bounds left anymore for the abominations that so characterize our world. No bounds left for that, my friends. Christians have asked the question, has God abandoned this brave new world to itself? How long, O Lord? How long will the wicked triumph? To what extent will, will they be allowed to progress until there's no longer anything left in terms of human society? Those are the sorts of questions. Sort of the, Psalm 94 question that keeps coming back to us over and over again. But I also, you know, beyond the technocracies and the abominations, uh, the ethical anarchy of the day and so forth, think about the derelationalized world that we've inherited that didn't exist in the 1950s or 1940s. Relationships are very tenuous. This is the loneliest time in human history. Children are conceived outside of relationship in test tubes today. 
What did that begin, Bill? I'm going to say probably 15 years ago. Oh, uh, much longer than that. Okay, so it's been been around for a while. Test tube baby's been around for a little bit. Uh, children are immediately transferred to daycare at two weeks of age, and that's been going on since the 1970s. Uh, much like orphanages, children are processed through daycare and then off into state-funded preschools and kindergartens. And actually, state-funded preschools and kindergartens have, have come in like a flood in just the last five years. So keep that in mind, friends. And then they move off to the college scene. They don't live in the context of family from 18 years of age until they get married at 35 years of age. That's 17 years in which they're moving around like vagabonds in the earth. Then they get divorced at 44 years of age and live by themselves until they die. And then there's an isolation that comes by way of sexuality, especially heavily sexualized relationships, which happens with homosexuality. We did an entire program on this that homosexuals are not monogamous, uh, but that's because there's an anonymity that absolutely is required in perverted forms of sexuality, of which pornography is certainly uh, an expression of ultimate isolation from from anybody else. Once sexuality has been derelationalized, there isn't hope for relationship left on planet Earth. And, uh, of course, that's why children are going to be produced outside of relationship in the context of test tubes, and then and then they get transferred into these pods. And uh, add to that the derelationalized life of media, the escape into the electronic pseudo-reality of fake relationships, social media, pop media, the game world, whatever is left with uh, these automatons, they walk around almost like zombies. Uh, or you wind up in nomad land, uh, 11 million RVs in the United States, 1 million are living in them full time now, just sort of cruising around the United States like nomads. 37 million adults live alone, up from 33 million in 2011. Just over 10 years, we see another increase of 4 million. Uh, 13% of households living by themselves in 1960, now 28%. That's up from 5% in 1900. Six times more people living alone, as did in 1900. And that's on the percentage. So it's just, this is modern life. Well, you, but, mentioned, but, you mentioned the island, the movie The Island, and... and these clones were were desexed, but they were also told that they were going to be in a lottery and be be out of that drawn to go to a paradise to an island. And you mentioned the island, but it reminds me that of Simon Garfunkel's song, "I am a rock, I am an island." Okay, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. To and, which, to which the word of God says, "No man is an no island. man is not yeah. island, or this man lack is not of, made to be alone." Yes, uh-huh. this this lack of sense of community is it was was talked about by by Huxley in Brave New World. You also mentioned that term, Brave New World, and that's exactly what Brave New World was about. It's a novel that anticipates huge scientific advancements in reproductive technology, sleep learning, psychological manipulation, classical conditioning, and it produces. Not the utopia that we we tout, but always a dystopian society. Because once you you cut God out of the picture, you are left on a sea of opinions with a million options and no compass to guide you. And so if man is to define himself, and that's what this is all about, it's not that you are the 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 product of a creator God who brought together a man and a woman, a mom and a dad, and produced offspring, it is that it is mechanistic. It is a factory-like setting. And 
you're just a product. And if you are just a product, then you can be harvested, you can be sold, you can be parsed out. And there that it it denigrates the humanity of the individual, the 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 image bearing quality that we all have. We're losing three things, Bill, as you're talking. I'm thinking we're losing humanity. We're losing personality and we're losing relationship. And yep. of course, personality is related to relationship. Uh, this is the life of Cain, who was a vagabond in the earth living east of Eden, very well depicted by John Steinbeck, east of Eden, uh, of mice and men, grapes of wrath, and just about every other book written in the 20th century, classic book. Uh, there's only one step left at this point, Bill. There's only one step left for the abandonment of relationship entirely for the modern world, and that is the obliteration of the womb and the replacement of the womb with a mechanical device. Now, you can hire a womb, which means a child can live in relationship in a womb of a woman. Ostensibly, the, the child's adopted mother, you know, in relationship with the child's, this isn't the child's mother, this is the child's adopted mother because her womb is for hire. So, but this is replacing the hired womb. This is replacing the womb with a mechanical device. Once the womb is removed, a child has no relationship from conception to tomb. He's lost relationship, he's lost personality, and he's lost humanity. Is that fair to say? All three. Yeah. He's losing all three. And, uh, well, this, this goes all the way back, of course, to Plato. Plato suggested that her a baby would come out of the womb. The man and the woman have a temporary liaison. The baby comes out of the womb into the arms of professionals. They take over from there. And Plato wrote, no child shall know his father, and no father shall know his child. That comes from Plato's Republic. So this is the humanist vision. It's Rousseau. It's, it's Rousseau. Rousseau. Rousseau wanted a system of public instruction by the state. He prescribed many years with an unmarried tutor who withdraw the child as much as possible from parents and relatives, meaning that he, he wanted to be sure that the child was not raised in the context of, of a family, largely because Rousseau had abandoned five of his children on the steps of an orphanage and then was the father of the modern socialist state which has been working very, very hard to dissolve the family, homeschooling, family-based education, family-based economy, et cetera, and replace it with the individual's uh, relationship with the state. In other words, all, everybody's an individual, and the only relationship you have in a society is with the all-consuming state. So every individual is plugged into uh, the state as these automatons or these... Uh, cogs in a gigantic machine and the machine just continues to function as the, a, the only face you see is the face of big brother as in orwell's 1984 that's exactly right and that's the goal now here's here's where this is going you say okay where has this gone and where is it going now this is where we are today the abandonment of relationship bill can only produce insanity now I have two words that I want you to think about. Tom Hanks and his friend Wilson. Yeah. I want you to think about Tom Hanks and Wilson because this, I, I believe, is the the direction that modern man is going. Now, my wife and I have been reading Robinson Crusoe out loud to each other just for fun. You know, we, we go out on dates and we read Robinson Crusoe. 
It's a good godly tale. You are uh, you, know, you are such a romantic. Daniel woman. Defoe wrote a good tale, no question about it. And and first the, recognized the English novel, by the, the way. The, yeah, it was the difference between Robinson Crusoe and Tom Hanks and Castaway is God. Think about it. Robinson Crusoe is in the Word of God. He's he's praying. He's in relationship with the true and living God throughout the story. You know, you're still living in a theistic world. You're still living in a Christian world with Robinson Crusoe. By the time you get to Castaway and Tom Hanks, it's it's thoroughgoing atheism. And Tom Hanks has this relationship with Wilson. Okay. Now, a soccer who, ball. who is Wilson? Wilson is a soccer ball. Right, exactly. That's kind of sad. But that's modern man. Modern man doesn't have God. He's got a soccer ball. And, and what's when the he, problem with the soccer ball? When he escapes the island, he sees the bigness of the universe, and he said, I forgot how big. But there's, no, there's nothing behind that. There's nothing behind the bigness of the universe other than just randomness. As his, his accident, his plane crash was random. His surviving was random. His relationship with a soccer ball is random. He does not have an anchor for his relationship. Whereas with Robinson Crusoe, God forced Robinson Crusoe to, to live by himself, to come to the end of himself. And that's when he turns to God because he finds a Bible in the sea chest, a book that he overlooked. He reads it and he becomes a Christian. And then God brings him community. He brings him Friday. That's right. On Thursday uh-huh. or sometime. Right. right? And he then d- disciples Friday. That's how, that's, that's discipleship, that's multiplication, that's how the Christian life works. It is not the castaway notion where you are alone and that is all there is. You're a meaningless speck in and, this huge, vast universe. And, and so what's ironic is that Tom Hanks has a relationship with a soccer ball by the name of Wilson. And, you know, according to his worldview, there's no essential difference between the soccer ball and Tom Hanks, right? All cosmic dust, yeah. varying assortments of, of cosmic dust coming together to form some substance in a universe of pure chance. All right, so, so the soccer ball and Tom Hanks interact, but Tom Hanks finds a, 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 something of a necessity to, to relate. He's, he's a personality. He's in relationship. He's created by God. He can't deny his being created in the image of God with the with a need for relationship, the triune God being in relationship from all eternity, right? Let us make man in our image, etc. So, so man is created for relationship, and it was impossible for Tom Hanks to deny that. Nevertheless, when he started to to keep God out of the picture and then try to interact with a soccer ball, there's only one conclusion to that: Tom Hanks is out of his mind. He is insane. He's gone insane. Right? I mean, yeah. that's a conclusion. A guy who's trying to interact with a soccer ball has gone insane. And this, my friends, is where we are today. The abandonment of relationship can only produce insanity. Isn't that what sin is? Sin is the ultimate insanity. Oh, yeah. It's because it's rebellion against oh, reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sin is, is, is really the definition of insanity. But we, we all embrace it. We all embrace our own insanity by claiming that we are our own creator. We know better than the true creator. 
or we just simply deny the Creator as as who He is. And that's why the number one, the number one most important command in Scripture that's absolutely central should be framed in the mind of every Christian, posted in the bedroom, posted in the bathroom, posted in the hallway, the kitchen, the living room of your life, is what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that you love one another as Jesus has loved us, and that you forgive one another. It's my You prefer one another, that you wash one another's feet in the humblest position possible as you interact with your brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1 John 4, 20, says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. In other words, friends, it, it, it begins with relationship. Relationship is a context where love operates. And, and this is one of the things that I distinguish, Bill, is, is relationship is a context. Okay, it's, it's when you live in the in, in in the proximity of another human being. That gives you relationship. That doesn't guarantee that you got love. I mean, you may be throwing microwave ovens at each other in the kitchen or something, but, you know, so in other words, relationship provides a context. But when the modern world gives you hermetically sealed existences where you can live together in a home or you can live together in a society or you can live together in a mega church where you don't really see each other at the final amen you're you know gone and you don't really get a chance to interact or fellowship with one another uh then love doesn't get an opportunity to to exercise itself now you might have relationship as i said but then you have a breakdown of love which means ultimately the relationship's probably going to go kaboom the first step is to restore relationship So that's where we need to be. We need to restore relationship in the covenant bodies of family and church, and then love begins to operate, the love of forgiveness and reconciliation. Otherwise, you'll be consigned to a life of conflict and bitterness and loneliness. Uh, Friends, this can only originate from those who have experienced and understood and received and believed in the love of God, who sent His only begotten Son to die for their sins. That is, you know, it's interesting that this is the Christmas season when, you know, we celebrate the birth of Christ, the incarnation, uh, where Jesus comes as Emmanuel. Now, what does Emmanuel mean? God that's, with us. That's God with us, God in relationship with us. That, that uh, you know, Jesus comes in order to be that mediator between God and man, that we would be in relationship with the living God, and he comes to die on the cross for our sins. And, and when we realize that we've been loved, when we realize that, you know, we have owed an infinite debt, and yet God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross to pay that debt, and that God has forgiven us, it's at that point that we can forgive one another uh, within the context of family and church. And friends, that's where it all begins. I, I really think the gospel could restore relationship to postmodern man. I think there's hope here, Bill. I yeah. think there's still hope. And, and you know, there is, there is hope. And I'm, I was just looking at an article from uh, from the Colson Center from Breakpoint, John Stone Street's uh, ministry. And it, according to French scientists, female cape fur seals can recognize the unique cry of their pups as soon as two hours after birth. Hmm. There's relationship. And it starts in the womb. And it's, it's that those who insist that babies in the womb aren't fully human or that they can be traded around like products. Those the the science is stubborn on this. Human mothers reportedly recognize their baby's cries around twenty four hours after birth. There's there's relationship 
that is formed in the womb and to merely manufacture humans takes out that that unknown x factor that is part of the human being and that is the image of the creator that we are we are designed to be in relationship that we are designed to be connected with people and and that's so important and that's why Christ came in the form of a babe to to experience what humans experience to identify with us and then to die for us so that we would recognize the infinite possibilities of being in relationship with our creator god guys 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 let's restore relationship let's aggressively intentionally restore relationship in a stark cold horrible age of the death of relationship the death of personality the death of humanity that's the age we live in but as christians we should be at the forefront of restoring true fellowship true relationship true personality in a world of death and and what what do we mean by this this means that as as we have become christians as we have received the love of god and love others let, let's let's restore family let's restore family life let's let's come back together let's raise our own children let's let's not put them in pods and then in daycare and then off into other derelationalized forms of living no 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 we will restore relationship in the nuclear family we we will eat together as families we will homeschool our children we'll build family economies generally our our parents should live at home with a family christian family elder care preferred although it's hard to find parents who want to live with their children vice versa these days because of the death of relationship we need more fellowship, more hospitality. Open up your home. Bring neighbors in. Bring bring folks in from the church. Uh, more more candle in the window dot com. That's a candle in the window dot com. Where you know instead of staying in these sterile hotels, uh, you, mo- you get a business trip off into Chicago. Uh, just go to a win- candle in the window dot com and stay with a Christian family overnight. Have a dinner. Do some fellowship. Restore relationship in the body of Christ. Do what we've done for 2,000 years until we've come into this sterile, derelationalized age of the 21st century. Let's stay together as families, brothers and sisters living together, uh, daughters, sons living in their homes uh, until they get married. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody's got to do this kind of stuff. I'm just saying let's find ways in which we can restore relationship in the covenant body of the family and church. Uh, don't don't just be church hopping and turning into the vagabond, moving from one church to the next because you can't get along with people. Unplug media. Listen to music out loud in community. Don't isolate yourself. If nobody likes to be around you, maybe maybe you need to consider what's contributed to relational breakdown in your life. Maybe you're not a pleasant person to live with. There are sins that contribute to relational breakdown. And here they are. This is one reason why I think we see a breakdown of relationship. There's, of course, the world contributing to that, but uh, but I would say that in more cases than not, uh, divorces, uh, breakdown in family relationship, breakdown in church relationship happen because of sin and an unwillingness to work through biblical conflict resolution, complaining, general grumpiness, a lack of gratefulness, nagging, endless arguing based on self-centeredness, lying, deception catastrophic to relationship breaking down of trust horrible 
fixation on money and arguments over money, which is idolatry and more self-centeredness, anger, yelling, insults, unforgiveness, creating walls and rifts in families. And these certainly become more obvious during the Christmas season. But all of this can be redeemed by believing in Jesus Christ, humbling yourself, confessing your sins, repenting of your self-idolatry and relational idolatry, sexual idolatry, and all the other sins that contribute to the breakdown of relationship. Confess your sins. It's amazing what just being humble and confessing your sins this Christmas will do to restore family relationship in your life. The things that uh, make a person nice to live with. I asked my wife about this. You know, <laughs> I think it was helpful. <laughs> I said, "What are the things that make people you know nice to live with?" You know, she she said, "Well, joyfulness, laughter, humor, gratefulness, affirmation. You know, th- being thankful for each other, forgiving one another, obviously, and being patient and willing to overlook minor sins, but not to be an enabler for things like drunkenness, uh, abuse, anger." other serious sins, but to, to, to be willing to, to walk beside, to forgive along the way, and uh, to, to help people get help when they need it. Uh, friends, these are the sorts of things that are involved in res- restoration of relationship in the postmodern age, but the most important thing will be that we understand the love of God for us. We understand that our sins are forgiven, and then we forgive each other. And that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, my friends. We always come back to the gospel, don't we? The only hope, the only hope for postmodern man, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.